All right. Let's get into it. Um, last week, I shared a little bit about, we prayed for those over 50 and over, but I, I shared about how Abraham um, was current. Thank God Abraham was current with the Lord, otherwise he would have killed Isaac. And, um, and how we, you know, we, man doesn't live off bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So we, we don't, and that, it's an Old Testament um, uh, verse that Jesus is quoting. And we're going to look at that in, in a moment in Matthew 4. Um, but, you know, in the Old Testament with, in, with Israel, they had, they had manna and quail and water in the wilderness. And then when they get to the promised land, that ceases. So they have provision from God every single day. And as soon as they enter the promised land, that provision stops. It's interesting. And the reason is because God was doing things for them in the promised land. When they get into the promised land, he wants to do things through us and with us and in us. And, and so with that, we, we have to be careful that we don't live just off the previous, what happened previously or the previous words of God, that we actually remain current with what he's saying and doing and speaking today. And we have to make sure we weigh that up and we have healthy counsel and all those things and, and um, make sure we do it with wisdom. But it's interesting because Abraham gets this word that he's going to be a father to many nations. He's going to have you know, many children, as multiple as the sand on the seashores, stars in the sky. And then he finally, he gets, his, he gets Isaac, and obviously we know about you know, Ishmael, and that didn't work so well. Because it's important that we don't try and fulfill the word of God in our own strength, that we rely on his processes and plans. But here we have Isaac, and he, God says, I want you to sacrifice your son. Historically, in those days, there was a lot of children's sacrifices that would, were going on to their gods. So this was, for him, this was, no, this was a normal cultural thing that was taking place for Abraham. This wasn't unusual to have that from a, from a god. So he thinks, oh, well, this, this God, Yahweh, this God that I serve is like all the other gods that people are sacrificing children to. So I don't quite understand this process, but let, all right, let's do it. And obviously we know the outcome and we know the story. There's a ram in the thicket. Do you know that word ram there is, is the same word, if you, if you can look it up yourself, it's the same word that is the planting of the Lord like oaks of righteousness. It's the word oaks of righteousness. Is the, is the ram caught in the thicket? You might think that's bizarre, but if you think about it, the Lord never wanted Isaac to be sacrificed. Yes, it's a shadow of Jesus and what's to come, but he was testing, his relation, he was testing Abraham's relational journey more than he was wanting to sacrifice Isaac. Does, does that make sense? He was testing his trust. And here he provides a ram, an oak of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. So he provides the ram. He's saying, I'm the one, I'm, I, I will be the one that sacrifices myself one day. It's a prophetic picture of what's to come. Does that make sense? All right. And so I've been thinking about this for a while and I, I was pondering, um, I was thinking about this story of when I first, my first ever preach, um, Shen came down with me and there was someone else, I don't think it was, I don't think Danny was, oh, I can't remember who came with me, but anyway, I was at this church, about 70 youth kids and I had all my notes, I had hundreds, like 15, 20 pages of notes, right, all these scribbled down 
on bits of paper. And I was quite nervous, believe it or not. And I was there and I was, you know, 70 young people and I'm, I'd grown up not in church, but then when I came into church, I came into, I'm, this isn't a, a, this isn't a, I'm not saying this to slander or anything, but it was your typical kind of Hillsong Planet Shakers and very, you know, from the front to the back to the left to the right, you know, like that kind of preaching. So that's how I, that's the only preaching I'd ever heard. So I'm doing that, right? I'm trying to mimic this Hillsong style preaching. I'm not, that's not a slander, but I'm just saying, that's the only way I can describe it. Very passionate. And um, so I'm mimicking that, and I'm, getting, I'm going through my notes, and then I get to this point in, the, in, in my sermon, and all my notes are missing. They'd fallen out in the car, <laughs> right? And I'm like, I'm silent for maybe five, ten minutes. It's, the, it's a miracle, right? And, um, and I, I've gone, I went bright red. I was so embarrassed. And uh, anyway, I managed to, to finish the, this message. I can't even remember what I shared on what whatever happened. But, and I remember getting home and I, I said to the Lord, geez, that was embarrassing. And he said so clearly, he said, yeah, because um, I don't want you to just have a message. I want you to become the message. And so from that day forth, I mean, I have notes now, but very few. But the, the, point of, the point of it was, I want you to remain current with me. I don't want you to just have and mimic something and regurgitate sermons. I want you to hear my voice and then speak that. Because that's what Jesus did. He only spoke what he heard his father saying. And so my heart this morning is that you and I would get a fresh word, a, a rhema word of God, of that we would hear from the Lord personally, that we would hear corporately that what God is saying and what he's speaking to us, because how many know we need, a, we need that? Yeah? All right. So turn with me to Luke 8. I want to just go to Luke 8 first. Father, help. <laughs> if you don't think you can hear the voice of God, who's had moments, I've had these moments where you're like, man, it just feels like God's silent. You know, and you're like, I don't, I'm not getting anything. I just feel like there's this wall and I'm like struggling to hear the voice of God. I want to address that today, but I... Heard this great picture once, so those that know Bill Johnson, he's, Eric Johnson, his oldest son is 90% deaf in both ears. And he said, growing up as a father, it was my job to make sure that he would hear what I had to say. It wasn't his job to listen. It was my job. So he says, with deaf people, you've got to look at them in the... In the the face, you've got to look at them and make sure so they can read your lips, so they can understand and make, you know, clearly hear what you're saying. So he said it was no good as a father for me standing behind him, talking to him. He said I had to come around and make sure that I was facing, face to face with my son so that he could understand what I was saying. Every single person in this room has, if you know the Lord, has heard the voice of God, every single person. Because at one point he called you and you responded and said, yeah, I'm, I'm in. So you've heard the voice of God, all right? So let's just have faith in his ability to speak more than our ability to listen. I mean, just re if you read your Bible, when he wanted to get people's attention, he did it. Like burning bush, that's pretty radical, <laughs> you know? He, he made sure that he got people's attention. So if our ears are attentive to him, we'll, get, we'll be able to discern his voice. And how many know his voice is, his first language isn't English? 
All right, we all know that. He talks in, in crazy ways and unique ways. But when we're attentive to that, when we lean into that, we, we, it, it's like the antenna gets turned on of, of, of what he's saying. And we just, it's, it's our job sometimes to change the channel. We'll go, all right, I'm listening to this. Just change the channel. And then, oh, you're talking. Great. Cool. Good? All right. Luke, four, Luke 8, sorry, are you there? All right. We'll start at verse. Oh, we'll start at verse nine. And when the disciples, uh, he's talking about the parable, the sower and the seeds. When his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said to you, "It has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand." That's really strange thing to say. You're like, hang on, aren't we meant to hear and you're hiding things in parables so that people don't understand and they don't see? Why, why are you doing that? He doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us because if we understood them and when we understood them, we have a responsibility to live them out. I, I don't give my child my children, the keys to my car right now because they're not ready to drive. So as a good father, he hides things from us, not to taunt us, but he hides things from us so that in our seeking, in our searching, he reveals it and then it becomes clear. It was always there. Revelation isn't earned. It's given. But when he speaks, we hear the voice of God and we respond and we understand and we work it out. And how many have been around the mountain a number of times with the Lord where you're like, God, would you say something different? He's like, yeah, but you haven't learned the thing I'm talking to you about right now. Anyone or just, just me? Okay, a few of you, cool. Excuse me. So let's go on. So here he says, um, I've, I'm hiding these things in parables, but to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God. I mean, that's good. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word of, the heart, of their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. And the one on the rock, those who hear the word, uh, who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while and in time of testing fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not mature. As for that, as for, this is verse uh, 15. As for that in the good soil are those who hear the word, who in hearing the word, hold it fast in the honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Excuse me. So every single one of those people heard the word. Did you, did you catch that? They all heard. And then various circumstances came the devil, riches, worries, troubles, whatever. They all, all heard. I think it's in, in um, Matthew, it's either in Matthew or I think it's in Matthew's gospel. It says, it says they, those that had no root in themselves. He uses that phrase. The point of it is, when we know who Jesus is and we know who the Father is, we don't have to use much discernment to understand when he's speaking. So like Abraham, he comes and the Lord says, sacrifice my son. He goes, all right, that's the word of the Lord. Goes to sacrifice and God says, wait, 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 don't do it. I've got a ram here in the thicket. He says, oh, I know that voice. It sounds different right now, but I know that voice. I know the presence of God. I can, I can discern the presence of God. I can discern the voice of God because I know who Jesus is and I know who the Father is. We have a, we have a phrase here that we use very often that Jesus is the truth about us. So we have roots in ourselves. We have, we have a good foundation of who we are in Christ. Then we have Jesus is the truth about the Father. 
Jesus reveals the Father. Not your circumstances, not anything else. Jesus is the truth about God. He said, I have come to reveal the Father. So when we understand who Christ is and we understand his nature, we don't say silly things like what John the, John, uh, the disciple and the, other, the sons of thunder did. They said, hey, we believe we should call down thunder. Jesus is like, no, you don't understand what spirit you're of. But when we understand the nature of God and the nature of who Jesus is and how he, then when he speaks, we know, oh, that's the voice of God. Because if it was contradictory to the nature of Jesus, that wouldn't be him. I know this is very simple, but does that make sense? So here he says, every single person heard the word, but the soil of their heart, those who hearing the word hold it fast. They had roots in themselves. They, they knew their identity in God. They knew who they were in Christ, right? And it bears much fruit. All right. You guys know the story of Jesus in the boat. He's been fishing all night, comes into shore, and Jesus is standing on the shore preaching. And he turns to Peter and he says, hey, cast your net in again. And Peter's like, man, we've been fishing all night. And he's like, yeah, I know, just, just trust me. I think sometimes... Sometimes we're doing the Martha thing, Mary Martha in, in Luke 10, 38, Mary Martha. And we're making sandwiches or pizzas or kebabs or whatever that Jesus didn't order. And we're supposed to just sit at the feet of Jesus. But then there are times where Peter, where we've been, do, we've been doing something for a while and we're not seeing any fruit. But then the voice of God comes in behind it and he says, hey, I want you to do that thing that you've been doing for a long time and I want you to do it again. And you're like, yeah, but I've been fishing all night. I've been doing that thing all the time. Why? Because without the voice of God, I think Simon or I can't remember who mentioned it this morning, without the voice of God, without the breath of God behind something, when we do it, it's just religious activity. It's form without power. It's, it's fishing and catching nothing because the voice of God's not behind it. But when he speaks and he says, cast your net again, and he says, do it, and Peter was, all right, I'll give this a crack, he catches a multitude of fish. Why? Because of the voice of God. The current voice of God. Thank God he didn't rely on his past experiences. Well, Jesus, you know, I've been fishing for a long time, buddy, and I don't know if you know much about fishing, but we've been fishing all night. And Jesus is like, hey, just trust my voice. Trust what I'm saying. And when we, when we learn, I, I'm saying all this to say I really want us to go on a journey as a church that we would, as individuals and as a congregation, that we would remain current with the voice of God. That we wouldn't live off yesterday's manner and we wouldn't live off yesterday's words, but we would live current with the voice of God. We would live in tune with what he's saying, with what he's speaking, Yes, we'd weigh it up. We'd have wise counsel, all of those things. But we would, if he's not saying anything else, maybe don't change the subject. Maybe he, you need to learn that lesson that he's talking to you about right now. But that we would come to him in our home groups, in our life, in our everyday walk with the Lord. And we would become so familiar with the presence of God. I mean, just, just picture Jesus, right? He's walking through a, ma a multitude of people and this woman grabs the hem of his garment and he says, who touched me? And the disciples think he's having a bit of a joke. They're like, well, Lord, there's hundreds of people around you. 
touching you. Everyone wants to touch you. And he says, no, I felt power go out of my body. Who's felt that before? Who's ever felt power leave their body? Anyone? I, I've had that happen once or twice. First ever person I prayed for was in a church in Sydney. Oh, sorry, first ever person I prayed for that I saw healed. They had a, he had a broken foot, prayed for his foot, and he, I felt the power of God leave my hand and his foot bones realign and I knew he was healed and I said I believe you're I said I think I'm pretty sure you're healed and he's like I just felt my foot realign and he jumped off it was pewed stairs and he jumped from one pew to the, to the other tiered stair, stairs and he jumped down and ran around the, the, the sanctuary and he was completely healed amazing so here Jesus he's felt power Go out from his body. Why is this significant? How in tune with God do you have to be that you know when power leaves your body? Peter's shadow. I mean, what? That, this blows my mind. I mean, this, come on, this has to blow everyone's mind. His shadow. There's no substance to a shadow. And he's, Peter's just like walking to the temple nine o'clock every morning to pray. And I don't know whether the sun was lit that way in a certain angle and Peter's shadow just healed and he went past a sick person and they got well and whether they caught wind of it and they said, hey, let's bring all the sick people to this place. And so every time you, Peter walks along that path, we're going to see people get healed. How in tune with God do you have to be that your shadow leaks the king of glory? I want that. I want that. We haven't had much sun lately, so we can't try have <laughs> When we when we know Jesus, when we know the nature of God, when he speaks we don't have to, it's, it becomes easier to discern the voice. I've had people tell me, the Lord's telling me to do this. I'm like, well, oh, that's not the Lord. Because <laughs> I know the heart of God. And we've got to be, we've got to be careful with it, obviously. We've got to hold it in tension. Bless you. But when we know who Jesus is, we know his nature. Even when he talks, there was a time, or oh, I don't know, three, four years, five years ago, when I remember, I remember, it, it, it was audible, but it, it, I don't know if it was audible, but it felt audible. I, I, I can't describe it any other way. It was a situation, I won't go into the details, but he, he spoke to me he, really clearly. And it was, it was a rebuke. It was like, don't do that again. But gosh, it felt good. But I knew it was his voice. I knew it wasn't the devil. I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was him. Because he, he disciplines those that he loves. But when we know his nature, when we know the heart of Jesus, the heart of the Father, even when those discipline words come, we can take them because we know they're for us. He's not hiding things from us, they're for us. He's revealing something to us in this moment that I need to grab a hold of and not let go. Because if I don't remain current, I might have to go around the mountain again with Isaac and learn that lesson. Is this, making, is, this, is this making sense? All right, Luke, Luke uh, we did Luke 8, sorry. Matthew 4, let's go to Matthew 4. How are we doing? Good, we're nearly done. Hopefully. <laughs> In Mark 7, I think it's 42, 43, it says, the word of God is made null and void because of the traditions of man. That's a scary verse. The word of God is made to nothing because of the traditions of man. 
you can make Sunday morning church religious. You can make reading your Bible religious. You can make worship religious. You can make anything religious. But when you have the current voice of God breathing life into it, when you come, I heard this thing, friend of ours, Emily, I remember, I loved it. She said, every church meeting I go into, I posture my heart and I say, God, speak to me something fresh from the word, from worship this morning. I don't know it all, so I want to learn. So I come before you as a little child just to learn and hear your voice. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's beautiful. May we all be like that. May every meeting, every time we open our Bible, every time we hear a worship song, may we, go, may we just be like, oh Lord, I don't want to ever become religious like Peter just fishing over and over again without your voice. Would you speak afresh? Would you speak? Would you reveal the scriptures to me? May we never get to a place where we're like, hey, I've arrived and I know it all. Because when we come to that place, we actually, we actually limit who God is, the multifaceted one. And so that's, that's what I want to go after as a, as a church and as a congregation. And so uh, Matthew 4, uh, actually Matthew, Matthew 3, we'll start at verse 13. Then Jesus came to Galilee, the Jordan, to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, let it be so now. For thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus, this is for another time, but Jesus was baptized not because he was a sinner, but because he was displaying the shadow of what is to come so that all righteousness would be fulfilled. Baptism of sin, resurrection of death. Jesus did had no disciples before he was baptized. That's on purpose. Because no one's supposed to follow him to the cross. No, he, he, you don't want disciples of the law. You want disciples of the new covenant. And after this verse, you'll see, he says, from that time forth, he preached the kingdom. So he's baptized as a fulfillment of all righteousness, comes out of the water, then he, then he preaches the kingdom, then he goes and gets disciples. It, it's in that order on purpose. Uh, and when Jesus baptized, uh, verse, verse 16, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Next verse. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Anyone thinks that Jesus wasn't a human being? He was hungry. <laughs> and when the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, listen to this, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, Jesus said, he, uh, sorry, the devil said, and he'll command these angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. The devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering. What was heavens opened? Dove came down. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Had Jesus done any ministry up until that moment? No. The only thing we know about him up until that moment, apart from his birth is he's in the temple with his father at age 12. That's really it. We don't know anything else about Jesus' life up until that moment. So here he's, the heavens opened up. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. The devil comes along. 
What's the devil doing? He's trying to use scripture out of relationship with God to twist it. Half-truths. We won't go down that rabbit trail, but we'll just leave that there. (laughs) Be very careful to take scripture out of context and scripture out of its rightful place. The devil loves that. I'll leave that there. Jesus, he says, if you are, the devil says, if you are the son of God, the first temptation isn't turning stone into bread. The first temptation is, are you really the son of God? The root in yourself, that's right. If you are the son of God, perform. I want you to perform, Jesus. Come on. I want you to turn this stone into bread. I want you to perform. I want you to do what Adam and Eve did. Did God really say... Come on, church. Did God really say that he's that good? Did God really say don't eat of that tree? Yeah, he did. If you are the son of God, Jesus, I want you to perform. And he says, man doesn't live off bread alone, but he lives off every word that comes from the mouth of God. Well, what was the last word that Jesus heard from the mouth of God? You are my son, and in you I'm well pleased. This is talking about the renewed mind a little bit. We've been on that journey. Dean spoke about a couple of weeks ago, and I did one a couple of weeks ago as well. When our minds become so renewed with the person and the presence of Jesus, when the devil tries to throw things at us, temptations, fiery darts, voices, distractions, whatever they are, we can have such a confidence and a root within ourselves. We say, hey, I don't live off bread alone. I live off what he says. I'm not moved by what you say. I'm moved by what he says. The next verse, the next thing he says, he tries to tempt him with the, with the, the cities. And Jesus, he says, if you are the son of God, he's trying to get him. Are you really the son of God? I mean, he knows. But he's trying to get him. Are you really the son of God? Are you really a daughter? Can you really hear the voice of God? Do you really know who you are? If the devil, I don't like giving him much attention. So we'll just talk about him for a second. And then we'll pull the trigger and we'll shoot him. All right? If the devil can get us distracted to be going through traditions of man without the voice of God and without power then he can get us stuck in religion and going around and around the, the mountain as opposed to being current with the voice of God, which then produces hundredfold fruit. And he, he will never contradict this. He won't go against this. Just side note. All right, last verse, Ephesians 3, and then we will close. You're very quiet this morning. <laughs> Ephesians 3, excuse me. Verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and listen to this, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, filled with all the fullness of God. You can have principles all you like. Principles are good. Principles aren't wrong. They're not bad. Principles are good. But without the presence of God, without the prince, they're just principles. I want the, I want the fresh word. I want the presence of God. Yeah. 
that, that how do you know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge? How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? How do you know something that surpasses the human understanding? You experience it. You experience the love of God. To know something, excuse me, to know something beyond understanding, to know the love of Christ beyond our understanding is to experience it, is to have that own personal relationship and revelation with the Lord. It's the one thing that I cannot give you. It's the one thing that the best preachers or pastors or leaders in the world, they cannot give you. Actually, it's the one thing Jesus cannot give you. He cannot give you your own walk with him. You have to decide, I want to have my own relationship with Jesus. I want to hear his voice for me. And I want to hear his voice for the church. I want to, I want to stay current with his, with his breath. I want to remain in footsteps with his presence so that my shadow can leak Jesus. Or whatever he wants to do. Whatever he wants to do, that I remain current with him. That I would, we would be a church that discern his voice, that discern his presence, because he's speaking. He's speaking today. He's the word of God. He's alive and well. He's speaking today. He has answers for the, the problems. Sure, yeah. He has answers for the problems that you are facing. And sometimes we're, we're bringing principles without the presence, and we wonder why something's not shifting. We're like, I'm doing the same thing. He's like, yeah, 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 that's good, but I'm not doing that. You're, order, you're making sandwiches that I'm not doing. I want you to sit at my feet. And then there's other times he's like, hey, you know that thing you've been doing for ages? I'm going to breathe on it right now. It, it's both. But you've got to discern, which, you know, what's he saying to me? What's, it's different. You know, I've had people, they're like, hey, Liam, it's the will of God that no one should watch TV. I'm like, ah, that's silly on steroids. He might be saying that to you. Some of us could do with some good, just switch the news off for a bit. Watch the good news. <laughs> but he might be specifically saying that to you. That's not a congregational word. So there's the individual word for your life. But then he's also speaking to the body. The Bible says that two or three prophets pass judgment. You know, there's... It's the right order to do things. But he's speaking, and we want to remain current. I love the story of Zechariah and Mary. You know, Zechariah gets the prophecy of John the Baptist. You're going to have a child, and he doubts the angel. What does the angel do? Shut up. <laughs> Don't mess this up. All right, Zech? Don't, don't ruin this one. All right, this guy's important. This child of yours, he's, he's significant. So I want you just to be hushed for nine months, right? Just quiet. And Mary, same scenario. An angel comes to Mary and says, you're going to have a child. A little bit different in that Mary hadn't been with a man. So she's like, how on earth is this possible? And the angels, you know, with God, all things are possible. And what does Mary say? Let it be unto you. It's a different response. She didn't get shut up. <laughs> I remember when... Um, I went, I've shared this story, I think, before, but I, I, I may have been a Christian a few years, four or five years, and I was, I was walking around Eastland, and who's ever, you know when you do the egg, you, you, you crack the egg on someone's head, you pretend to, you know, you crack the egg, you pretend to do it, and you go down there, they're bad, and it's, oh, it feels all nice and ooey-gooey and whatever. You guys know that? What I'm talking about? Yeah, okay, cool. You're just like, weirdo. No. And um, I remember that happening for nine months in a row. Like, it wouldn't stop. So 
was happening on my anywhere I was, shower, toilet, Eastland, shops, nine months, constantly. And I remember saying to the Lord, what are you doing? What is this? Because I knew it was him. And he says, I'm teaching you how to discern my presence. Because I want to take you on a journey of discerning me. Of how you know when I walk into a room, what I'm doing, what I'm saying, what I'm speaking, what I'm how I'm ministering, how I'm talking, not just through the Logos, but through the Rhema Word and through my presence, that you would know my presence. And then it stopped. And I remember thinking, what did I do wrong? (laughs) And he said, no, no, that season, it's done. You've learned. And Shen and I, we went to Bethel for a year and came back 2012, 2013. I hadn't had that experience for a long time. And we saw incredible things. I've shared stories. We saw incredible things. We came back. And I was playing FIFA on PlayStation 4. Holy moment. It's the will of the Lord that I play FIFA. That's God's will for my life. And the presence of God dropped in that room and I felt that presence tangible presence of God and I hadn't felt that for years and he said so clearly he said Liam I love this you and me playing FIFA just as much as I love it when you're reading my word I know that might mess some of your theologies up, but his point was, I just love being with you and I want you to grow in understanding of discernment of who I am with you and in you. That it's not about a feeling or a buzz or a you know the next conference height that we go to, but it's about discerning his voice and how he speaks to us. Because he's a father, like Bill with Eric, he's a father that comes around to us and he says hey I want to commune with you face to face so that you would know my voice and it might be that we sit at the feet of Jesus we don't have to do anything but we actually know when the voices of of the patterns of this world come flying in at our minds or our our discernment meters low or whatever that we can go you know what you might be trying to tempt me on all these different things but I'm a child of God and with, with me, he's well pleased. With you, he's well pleased. And as Simon mentioned this morning, there's no condemnation. So even if we have messed it up, he just goes, all right, just come back into alignment. Let's realign. When we do that, we know the love of Christ, then that surpasses understanding. Let's stand. Sunday night I gave a word about that the Lord is releasing the prophetic seers and that people are going to begin to see in the spiritual realm in new dimensions and we've already had testimonies of that happening since then I really felt like this morning that we've been going on this journey of the renewed mind do not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewed mind the room the renewed mind proves the will of God. But I just, I just feel like since coming out of this last two years, there's been a lot of swirl. There's been a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of voices and there's a lot of opinions. Opinions are like noses. Everyone's got one. They've usually got a couple of holes in them. We don't need more opinions. We need the voice of God. Amen. We need the breath of God. We need the fresh word of God. We need the current word of God. And I just, I just feel like there, there may have been just a blockage in people individually. Um, and that the Lord just wants to speak. And he's going to speak. He's going to speak through dreams. He's going to speak through 
people through prophetic words, through worship, through there's over 80 different ways that God speaks in the Bible that you can record rainbows, animals, people, creation, all different ways. So let's just take a moment right now. Let's just take a few minutes just to wait on him. That where you maybe have dry, you may be like, hey, I'm I'm living off I'm living off four years manner, not yesterday's manner. I'm I'm still I'm I'm living on stale bread. That the Lord just wants to bring the bread of life, a fresh, a freshness to your soul and speak to you as a father. That he wants to grab your face, hold you in his arms and say, My child, I'm with you, and I'm gonna speak to you. And I want, from this day forth, you're going to remain current with me. You're going to hear my voice. That the promise of God is my sheep will know my voice and as strangers they will not follow. And you you are a sheep with a shepherd. And he wants to lead you. That's why we're called followers of Jesus. We're not called leaders of our own destiny. We're not called leaders of of dreams. We're called followers of Jesus. So Holy Spirit, right now, would you speak to every single heart in this room, from the youngest to the oldest? And would we just not have a message? Would we become the message? that you want, to, you want to speak to us, through us and in us. Would you manifest your glory right now in Jesus' name? We're just going to remain and just listen for a few minutes. Some of us in here may need to just give up our right to understand, to know the, the love of God that surpasses understanding. We might have to give up our right to understand everything. I'm sure Abraham didn't understand what God was doing when he was saying, you've just given me a son, now you want me to sacrifice him? It's been a word about 
Lord may want to break off some sadness and just some disappointment in people's lives. I just got, we'll just close our eyes for this one. And, and if that's you, just put, actually all of us can do this. Let's just put our hands out in front of us right now. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, joy, sound mind. Love, peace, and sound mind. So right now, we just break off disappointment. God, we just break off disappointment off of individuals right now. Where there's been hope deferred and it's made the heart sick. Would you just come, Holy Spirit, right now and bring a tree of life? Would there be a tree of life that would be planted right now in the midst of this soil? This soil is good soil. This would be good seed. There'd be roots within themselves. I declare that, that, that sadness would be turned into into joy that mourning would be turned into dancing and the joy of the Lord would become your strength Lord we rebuke the spirit of fear and we just say like Jesus said to the devil just be gone Satan time to go time to go time to leave time to get out you're not welcome this is territory you're not welcome on you don't belong here encourage you what the Lord spoke to you write it down put it on your phone make it practical take it home with you put it on your mirror at home get that truth into you as much as you can because how many know we forget I forget you forget we forget you know we walk out we go what 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 was it that you said Lord so write it down if you need prayer at all, we're going to pray for people down the front. If you just need prayer for anything at all, physical, just a, a touch from the Lord, we'll get some of the team out to come down and pray. Uh, otherwise, come next week. Jalil's going to be sharing about street peace. and It's going to be some incredible stuff. Jalil's a good friend of the house. So, let me, yeah, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for what you're saying. We thank you for the fresh word of God. I just pray, I pray there be an unlocking in dreams, in visions, and in new ways of speaking, God. That you would begin to speak to people in unusual circumstances, that even, even things they would never have thought of. God, there'd be a fresh touch, there'd be that fresh current word that you'd breathe life on things that may have been dead, and we'd bury things that we need to bury. We move on to the new thing. In Jesus' name. Can we just give Jesus, can we just thank Jesus? Let's just thank the Lord.